Freaks and geeks, drinkers, thinkers, ramblers and gamblers, stoners and pet owners. That's me. Gather around. This is the Outsider Social Club, where us misfits, miscreants, outcasts get together and ramble, palaver, prattle, and get royally intoxicated while we do so. Mm-hmm. So without further ado, uh, let's proceed. One for the party, baby. Puff on the road, drumming. Knock back a drink. There's nobody home. Welcome back to the Outsiders Social Club. I'm your master of ceremonies, Drinks with Ron, and the slurring has begun. Usual rules apply for listeners and crew. You drink if you hear a dog or a cat or a bong. We're resetting the over-unders, so 1.5 dogs applies once again. Speaking of over-unders, Troy, hit us with the over-under for part two of tonight. Thanks, Ron. We're going to stick with a low number. We're going to stick with the 2.5 drinks for this segment to keep us focused on the important stuff, the movies of 1998. First dog. We got a dog. Uh, But we're going to keep this quick, get back into the movie. So let's quick go around the room. Attach a voice to a name. You just heard Troy. Uh, Justin, say hey to uh, the dozens. What's going on, Barky Dog over there? Uh, Thank you, Ted Jansen. First drink of part two. Hashi, say hey to our dozens and dozens of listeners. What's up? And Yikes Mountain, uh, do the same. Hello. And with that, we go back to Joe Vegas, and we're getting knee-deep into the movies of the summer of 1998. So, uh, uh, yeah, lead the way. Yes, indeed. Moving on. Great analysis of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Ron. Love that movie. Appreciate that. We are moving on to Friday, May 29th. We were supposed to review Hope Floats. Coley was supposed to do that. However, she's not with us tonight. Hopefully, she is not dead. Spoiler alert. No, seriously, hopefully she's not. Uh, I think that movie actually killed her. Uh, well, I mean, inexplicably, it made $81 million at the box office. But we're skipping it tonight, Christ. which brings us to Almost Heroes. And one of the last appearances of our hero, Chris Farley. Oh. Ash, the floor is yours. Yes, this is the last movie that Chris Farley was a leading role in. Um, And you couldn't really maybe even say that he's a leading role. Um, So I watched this movie and I noticed a actor again, Kevin Dunn. He's in three of my movies. He is the he is the uh, uh, general in Godzilla. He is the main bad guy in Almost Heroes and he's the father of the main character in Small Soldiers. But he was also in four movies that summer, so he had a hell of a moment. But that was my first observation. Yeah. 98 moments. Let's let's give it to him. That's Kevin Dunn. Yeah. Wow. Um, My notes are uh, Revolutionary Chandler. Um, Blasphemous that a Chris Farley movie is packed with so many bad jokes. It is literally just a a mismatch. Mismash. Mishmash of jokes from other movies. There's a moment where it's like that was, they did that in Billy Madison. There's a moment where it's like they did that in Black Sheep. Moment where they did that in Tommy Boy. It's just literally an amalgamation of like all of his like jokes that landed well and then didn't they they just they just did them poorly. Um problematic question mark? Yes is the answer. Um I would say that it was supposed to be the, you know, it was assigned to me as the quote unquote bad movie, but it's not as bad as Godzilla. Um, holy mm. shit, the green screen is entirely unnecessary. And um, it's just, 
overarching uh, feeling is just it was disappointing to see Chris Farley's talent uh, 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 squandered so heavily. Matthew Perry mm. is good in the whole nine yards, not good in this, not good in Friends. Maybe good in Friends, not really. He's kind of just the same note. It didn't work in this role. Uh, Lisa B as the you know Native American woman, um, problematic. Uh, a lot of the things. So yeah, that's my take. Well, for the record, they forced one third of the Friends cast on us this summer just because of how popular Friends was. David Trimmer was in Six Days Seven Nights, and he played Ross. And now you're saying Matthew Perry played. Chandler in a movie as well. Right. So go white people. You're going to pay to see your friends' heroes on screen. Well, yeah. It translates to white dollars. That's how that works. <laughs> We're moving on to the main event. Friday, June 5th, 1998. The Truman Show, one of the best-reviewed movies of the year hmm. and of Jim Carrey's career. Troy has taken this movie on, and he is going to give us one hell of a review. Wow. Thanks, Joe. The Truman Show, friends, is an allegory that doesn't fit in today's world. Imagine, if you will, being filmed every waking moment and the world being all about you. God, what a terrible place that would be. I think I'll ride a boat to the end of the world and see what happens. The Truman Show is a cute movie about a young guy who's an orphan who gets adopted by a movie studio. The whole They build a gigantic stage around him, and it's lovely. Um, unfortunately, he doesn't, he's not in on the joke. And some of the supporting actors are, and they're suddenly swept away. Um, long story short, Truman finds out about it through various fun means. He has a come-to-Jesus moment with God, a.k.a. the executive producer of the show, um, and then gets in a boat, a la Forrest Gump, and drive to the end of the world. So uh, he then hits the end of the world, unzips the world, walks out, and meets the love of his life. Is anybody timing next? Yeah. Hashtag the end. Well done. What did you say, Yikes? I asked if anyone was timing that. No. I could throw a timer on Troy from here on out. We can... We can see if we can keep him down there. I, I thought that was a very good analysis of I it. I agree, yes. I just um, want it to be an equal field for everyone, you know? Well, Troy doesn't like movies, so he doesn't really care. Um, and we made <laughs> Spoiler him watch, alert, he didn't And watch we made that. him watch three movies. And Did we, though? So Did I will we? say... I will say this. One of the best-reviewed movies of the year, people say Jim Carrey got robbed for Best Actor. It was a big career change for him. I actually watched it the other day. I don't think it was that big a deal. I thought it was just fine. Not Nothing better than that. So yeah. I'm okay with, you know, I, I, I thought it was fine. Anyone have any takes on this movie or the premise? Ahead of its time, right? Where we're glued to TVs of... You know whatever's on. It was it was kind of the precursor to the entire reality show uh, format, which showed up in the next like eighteen months after that. You have like Big Brother rolling out. You have all this reality shit. It is right on the heels of the Truman Show. Spoiler right. alert: My next ones will be shorter. Love it. So we're on to Friday, June twelfth, nineteen ninety eight. So if you were eighteen years old at this time, like I was. 
you'd be feeling good. Your summer's still just beginning. You only you still got a couple months left, and you know what you have on the docket? A movie called Dirty Work, starring Norm MacDonald, Ron, take it. Well, I had to rewatch this. First time I've seen it in years. Uh, Norm MacDonald stars with Artie Lang. It's like your typical, uh, it's a lowbrow buddy comedy directed by Bob Saget. It doesn't try to be anything that it's not. Uh, <laughs> Norm's usual deadpan delivery that he has, he gets about a 20% uh, more of a waka waka to it. I don't know how else to describe it, but he's usually so dry. In this, he has to pitch it up for the a note to self. Anyway, uh, there's lots of bits and callbacks, specifically that note to self thing with the handheld recorder. I think it's great. Uh, and he keeps getting thrown out of windows and doors. Every time he gets pitched out of a place, Artie Lang just comes walking out. They never throw him out. It's a great fucking joke. Uh, there's cameos abound in this. We get Adam Sandler. We get fucking Don Rickles. We get two Farleys in this movie. Yes, and Farley, yeah, Farley's brother's in there. Shooter McGavin, top tier '90s heel. Can we all agree on oh, that? Just fucking best. great. Yeah. Maybe the best. Yeah, you want this asshole to go down. And yeah. '90s chicks with short bleached hair. Yes, please. Uh, we've got some more of that. The, the note to self tape recorder callback bit obviously pays off in the end uh it's a weak story it's super crude but it's still fun i give it a six out of ten and my three takeaways are how dare norm, you sir <laughs> norm was underrated even with without his usual deadpan he's still hilarious norm saget and farley Artie lang how did he fucking outlive all of them that's that what i was gonna ask you seriously what the fuck Artie lang's the one still standing out of this movie that's and uh, speaking of Farley, that reminds me of how effortlessly funny this fucking guy was. The end of the movie, uh, they do outtakes, and they end on him. And just his fucking laugh alone makes me so goddamn happy. That guy that guy was uh, just amazing. I think uh, he was actually drunk and high at the end. I think this is right I'm before sure. he died. This I think is the last is. movie he was ever in. Like the but last I think it was early before release. he died also. I think he was just having fun with his friends. Yeah. yeah. You know? Saigon whore, <laughs> bit off my nose. Like, <laughs> it's over the top, but somehow Farley still makes it enjoyable. I, Yeah, it's, it's just a testament to everybody in that movie and how effortlessly funny every fucking one of them is. It's a shit movie. It's a I've shit never story. been more offended by a 6 it. out of 10 in my life. Blah, blah, blah. it's not good it's it's so good it's fucking perfect it's amazing what are you talking oh about god the story is fucking garbage <laughs> this guy fucking what's there, gets, there's a there's a dead hooker in the trunk there yeah <laughs> he gets her fired he gets her grandma evicted and she's still like oh what now like the what you didn't like norm in the first place look oh, at that she, she had the butch haircut like you said the butch blonde haircut oh man the 90s what bleach a, what hair a chick. run what man a fucking what a moment run. man oh yes please julie, i'll take julie that. bowen had it and happy gilmore what a run oh it's all over the place all right who has anything on dirty work because i mean it should be a nine or a 10 out of 10 so i will <laughs> fight ron on that one otherwise it's fun. It's it's an amazing movie. I've said this to you guys before. I'll say it again. It's the only movie I've gone to, gone home, called my best friend and say we're going to the movies and gone to again in the same night. It's fun. It's entertaining. It doesn't try to be something it's not. It's perfectly cast. It's not good. I will watch it again. It's it's rewatchable. It's hilarious. Like what what more do you yeah. need? 
Hilarious might be a stretch. It's, uh, it's serviceably funny. All right. Vote to sell. If nobody has anything else, we're moving on to the following week, Friday, June 19th, the first week that Titanic was out of the top 10. We are going to move to first the X Files. Yikes. Oh, shit. All right. All right. So the deal with the X Files is that this is 1998. So it just came off like my whole thing was watching the TV show, right? So this is a major TV show gone movie. Um, I turned this on, forgetting everything that I went through through all those years of watching the show, this kind of stands alone, oddly. Like, this is a good movie. Like, it opens up with... Um, with, <laughs> I mean, a caveman kills an alien. Like, that's the <laughs> opening. Like, like, you're like, where can I pick up on this show? Okay, and like, okay and, there we go. to rewatch this badly. Yeah, they go way back into that. Um, you realize also that they reintroduce all the characters... Uh, from the show in like kind of like this fun and quirky way. I don't, uh, it's weird. It almost feels like they're reintroducing the X-Files to the people. Even though it's already been out there. You had to account for new people that hadn't seen it showing up though. Also hasn't gone into like reruns yet. Right? So I think they there's a moment where I could read this whole thing from Mulder that sums up the entire X-Files. Where he's drunk, taking shots, uh, it might take a long time, but the opening like line is, I'm the key figure in an ongoing government charade. The plot to conceal truth, the existence of extraterrestrials. And so I, I, I understand like where we are. We were at in 1998. Mulder like, exposition. Fuck. But also think about the fact that like now we're thinking about... Uh, Lead singer of Blink 182 brought this <laughs> to Congress, so like it's kind of hard to like extrapolate all that those feelings in a way. I feel like this movie like really did it for like all of us that were thinking about a government conspiracy in the nineties. Or that was like a news thing. Yeah, like that. Why, was why don't new- they do? Hold on. Why don't they do a reboot? Everyone loves conspiracies now. They did. Crazy people. Oh, and this they is are they are my point on this is that like people are done with it. Like we, we get this every day. Yeah. Like it's all over the place. You're right. right? You're right. Like, I, mean, why I, we- I live in a place where people think a spaceship crashed crashed in North Vegas and it's it, like they basically I watched it didn't. I watched the intro to this movie and thought <laughs> the aliens came here. And a lot of us think this, but they came here, they looked at us and they were like, fuck this yeah they're like, like let's, let's keep, keep the these fuck fucking out monkeys here. at arm's length like, yeah right that's the be- best alien analysis movie i've ever, I've ever heard <laughs> oh thank you but yeah. i mean like why are they not here they're here but they're yes. not here. yeah they don't want us to yeah just don't deal with them this i mean and do you guys know that Tay leone and david duchovny were married at the time so they had a summer i do yeah they had but deep I, impact I can I do a callback? Taylor Ioni yeah. was so bad in Deep Impact, like so bad that I actually think she's like a character actor after watching that. Like she had a moment doing that. 
She is really bad in that movie. Dude, if you could rock the short bleached hair, you were getting a gig in the 90s. Uh, it's not looks. It's it's more like... Joey just Lauren a Adams. Who has uh, a, she had the whole thing going on. Who has a deeper smoker's voice? Kirstie Alley or Taya Leone? Oh, that goes to the Scientologist. Spoiler alert, she's dead. <laughs> Thank Wait, you. Which one died? Kirstie? Oh, yeah. What? Did I miss this? Clearly. Wow. Dead yeah. for real? Oh, for serious. Yeah, yeah you totally missed this one. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> to be All right. Fair. X. Wow. Good one. X Files. I got bad news, guys. You got Joe for three movies in a row. Let's do uh, this. June All 19- I want to say, I didn't finish my X Files oh, thing. I'm sorry. Like, one last, one last thing is that, like Scully was probably. Oh, did I already do this? Which one, Scully? Janet oh. Scully was uh, like an. In- All right, which one? Next Scully. movie. No, hold on. Is Scully no, the guy or the girl? Come on, give me this. You got the loser sound effect already. Vin yeah. Scully. <laughs> uh, All right. Anderson, that's a dog. And moving on. We're going to move effortless, effortlessly into Mulan, which was Seamless. released the same week as X-Files. Uh, Mulan, a Disney movie. As you all know, about a it's about China, about a Chinese girl who enlists as a man and wins the war for her country. Oh, I didn't know that. Doesn't sound like a great premise. Uh, but I'm in. actually a very good movie. Every bit as good as The Lion King, but suffered from the coming up of Toy Story and Pixar animation, mm. is my opinion. Fair. Toy Story was Toy Story was in, the animation was getting better, therefore not regarded as good. Yeah. Point number two, Eddie Murphy basically auditioning for Donkey a few years before Shrek. He's basically really? playing the same character. As Mushu was in that, Fuck, and he crushes okay. it, and he becomes the star of the summer. Hash, fight me. <laughs> and number three, it's one of the few movies where, as soon as someone says the name, the soundtrack just pops into my head, and I just all the songs get like Lion King will do it. You know, there's there are certain movies where. If you say the name, I'm just going to get songs from that movie in my head. And Mulan is one of the one of the ones that does it. I give it a 4.5 out of 5. If we're rating it on five stars, I give it a B plus. Uh, very well done movie, even though all of the characters speak like they're from the Midwest and they're supposed to be Chinese. Please, well God, someone jump in there. I got nothing. Oh, my Szechuan God. Sauce. Can't help you, brother. <laughs> okay. There you go. It's all about the Szechuan sauce. Really? Nobody has anything about Chinese people sounding white? Only Americans eat duck sauce? I is did get else? that Szechuan when they brought it back, though. I'll say Justin, that. you have kids. Would you show your kids Mulan? Did you I've show tried. Them? I've actually tried, but they weren't interested. Live one? How about the live one? They did a, like an uh, adult version. Or whatever. Female lead. Boys don't want that. <laughs> wow. What? Wrong? True. It's true. Yeah. All right. I was a little kid, get Shira the fuck out of here. All right. We need He-Man. Fucking traps on that guy. We went that uh, way. I'm officially co-producing this episode. <laughs> I Man. think you are correct about the Pixar. I think that was a real bad time to have a classic animation feel. Mm. 
All right, I'm going to move it along because I have the next two, All which right. are on Friday, June 26, 1998. Released, <gasps> released that day are Dr. Doolittle and Out of Sight. Oh. Uh, we're going to do take drugs on, about that. We're going to take on Dr. Doolittle first. Yeah, I did two children's movies back to back. Um, This was essentially Eddie Murphy's star turned into a kid movie star. It was... He goes, he goes on a run after this, right? He does Nutty Professor. He does sh- all the Shreks. He does Daddy Daycare. He probably makes a billion dollars just on kid movies after this before he falls off the face of the earth. Like, go ahead, yikes. Please. So, so I was wondering about this. Like, So Dr. Doolittle was the launch to Nutty Professor, right? Uh, up, yeah. Nutty Professor, I think, came after, yeah. I don't know though for sure. No, no, no. First, so, first. Oh, Nutty Professor was first. Sorry. Yep. Okay. This is the era though of him transitioning yes. into like a different yeah. Like he went from Beverly Hill Hills Cop Three, which okay. most people don't like, even though I did, into kids movie star, Nutty Professor, Doctor Doolittle, Shrek, Daddy Daycare. Right. And just like crushed it for ten years, roughly. Not in the way we liked. He crushed it. You know, we liked him as raunchy, trading places, comedian guy. But, you know, you got to give it to the guy. He still crushed it as a child movie star. It's fucking hilarious. All right. Number two. This is an excellent children's movie that still holds up. If you release this movie right now, it's talking animals. It's funny voices. Norm MacDonald crushes it as the dog. Chris Rock crushes it as the guinea pig. I think kids still love it. I think it would do amazingly well, even though there's really not much to the script. So I think this would be a moneymaker in any era thus far that I've seen. And number three, uh, Are You That Somebody by Aaliyah, featured in this movie, released in this movie. Hmm. I think that is, and again, nobody talked about the Godzilla soundtrack, but I think that's the best movie uh, or the best song of the summer. Are you that somebody by Aaliyah? R.I.P. Aaliyah. All right. Somebody. Hash, get in here. I can't think of summer 98 movies off the top of my head, but I mean, but that I wouldn't say it's the best like song of 19. Don't say that Puff Daddy, Jimmy Page song. That's the oh thing. That pissed me no, it's off a trash so song. bad. It's a trash song. Oh, I, I was so mad. Is like 1998 Ron yelling at his car radio. Uh, that was a thing. But there were some popular songs that summer, and I actually think this Aaliyah song beats Ghetto Superstar, which I know Hash doesn't like. I mean... I think it, I think it beats Aerosmith, Don't Want to Miss a Thing, which we all hate because it got played too much. Okay. Wait, so when does, when does the summer start? Was it May 5th? Summer of 98 May, for me, fucking Beastie Boys, okay. man. I got two songs that are better, but they came out before the summer. Okay. Um. How? Oh wait, wait, wait. Well, oh, I think I found it. This nope, is going to be. You know too much about music, and I only listen because I heard them in the movies. Uh, you give me fucking intergalactic, and that is not even a top five song on that album. I mean, it came out three days before on May fifth, but that boy oh. is mine by Brandy and Monica is a much better song. Mm. Wait, the boy is mine. That's a good song. Yeah, I thought that was. Is that for a movie? 
Oh, was are we big... saying strict for a movie? No, no, no. But I, I'm, I'm surprised it wasn't. Mm, that's fair. I do like that song. I mean, it's you know just another song of women fighting over a dude who's probably a douchebag. But I still like the song. Oh wait, I think I got it. 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 Hold on. I love that we got a random Brandy review. <laughs> wait, that wasn't Brandy, but it's Brandy. I said post game asshole. Okay, no, here here it is. Best, best I didn't song. do that shit, bro. Best song of the summer, hands down, no questions asked. Don't even try to debate me. Intergalactic by the Beastie Boys. That's what I said. Listen, it's not even the fifth I'll best song of that it. album. I, I think I think are you that somebody's better? Oh. Beastie Boys come back in full force. They took that summer over, man. I think it's a lot better. of drugs to that album. Mm. Oh, yeah. All right. We're moving on from Dr. Doolittle, unless someone wants, wants to talk about it. Nope. To a movie from the same week called Out of Sight. Hmm. It is a movie starring George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez. Not a kid's movie. Not a kid's movie. Correct. It is an adult movie. All right. Point number one from this movie. Jennifer Lopez is incredible in this movie. I actually think it's her best role ever. I know that she was new to the scene. She was not that far removed from being a fly girl. She had been Selena, etc. But she is really strong in this. She's better than Clooney in it, honestly. Uh, he's a little much. She's more subdued. Really liked it. Uh, point number two. Out of sight walked so Ocean's Eleven could run. It was Steven Soderbergh. <laughs> Who hadn't done much at the point at this time? He he kind of put in this hip style about a movie that's really kind of boring. It's like a boring, you know, prison break and then a boring heist, but it Super made it straightforward, hip and cool. And without this, Ocean's Eleven does not happen. Um, and then third point, mm, it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough one for you guys to handle. George Clooney, not as charming as portrayed. In this movie, I rewatched it. He's he kind of overdoes it. I get it. He's George Clooney. He's good looking. He's got the you know style, etc. Whatever. I think Jennifer Lopez is much better than George Clooney in this movie, and I don't know why she goes for him honestly. And and Justin, we've talked about this many times with like Gordon Bombay, bad coach, George Clooney, bad criminal. Everything he does, <laughs> wrong movie. <laughs> bad bank robber. Gets out, yeah. makes all the wrong decisions for a it's chick. Charming, so gets, gets himself rearrested. Hip, cool movie. I love anything that has Steve Zahn in it. Huh. Uh, under underrated guy. Good it, note. This this movie has a lot of those guys in it. Like, oh yeah, I've seen that guy in this yeah. or whatever. So, uh, I would give Out of Sight seven point five out of ten. Well done. That rating was a lot higher than I thought it was after that review. Yeah. Not that gonna was lie. A bit shocking, honestly. It's a cool movie. You know? It's like Fine's a little all right. Is it's it a... though? Is it though? I, I just think that like when you review something seven out of ten, you are seven point five. It's good. Seven I think five. that's a good review. Yeah, like I like dirty work and I gave it a six. It's yeah, which is yeah, there one, you go. it's it's Enjoy. more angry than I've ever been at you, Ron. Oh. Honestly. 
It's a right. fair review. I think you'll find in. Uh, I will say this about Out of Sight: it was ahead of its time for like appearing cool. So, Justin, Out of Sight did what American Hustle tried to do. Not a great story that tried to be cool, right? You don't like American Hustle. I don't like American Hustle. It's dumb, whatever. Overrated. Out of Sight pulled it off, though, because they had two really good-looking leads in Clooney and Lopez with good chemistry. And, like, I left the movie saying, what What did I just watch? Like, I don't care, you know, but it was cool. Like, it was kind of hip. And this made Soderbergh's career. He got Traffic, Aaron Brockovich, Ocean's Eleven after this. So... You can't. I mean, I like career-making type of stuff. So, but with that in mind, I can't wait any longer. We're on to my favorite movie of the summer. <gasps> Wednesday, July first, Armageddon. Oh, Jesus, Justin, you. We have waited long enough to hear that glory. Yes, we have. Let's go. I'm gonna do drugs it's, about this. <laughs> it's absolutely my favorite movie of the summer, but. I mean, what else you got? You got Bay explosions everywhere because I'm Michael Bay film. It's fucking porn for him. And a movie in which the smartest scientists and astronauts can't learn to drill, but the drillers can learn how to be an astronaut. <laughs> Fuck, we doing? That's oh, Jesus Christ. The most bizarre infomercial for animal crackers involving foreplay you will ever see in your life. However, I agree with Ben Affleck. Their cookies are not crackers. Why do you need a gun in space? The fuck you doing? Like, what's the point? And I truly believe there's a missed opportunity to have a follow-up movie with Hangover Mr. Cooper guy and Eddie Griffin and his dog Reggie just teaming up to do a whole bunch of short of hijinks. Those guys have been amazing. 10 out of 10. Armageddon's amazing. I will fight anyone. It's amazing. I am, I'm getting on board with the short films of Eddie Griffin and his dog after. <laughs> really amazing. Take that I would watch. Oh. Which uh, Reggie attacks Godzilla... And the uh, like the little little shop they had, and he starts biting a Godzilla. Could have saved the franchise. <laughs> I got a question. Yes. Is there a creepier love song when the lead singer is singing about his daughter? Yeah, it's really creepy when they just keep on no showing her. My... And it's just like, dude, you're singing about your daughter. And then you yeah. see her touching the static screen in the video. <laughs> yeah, the video was. Yeah, Stay was, away. was there a song Just more shoved down our throat? You sleeping? Nickelback. How do you remind me? Creepy. I don't. I mean, yeah, actually, that might. It was, it was most shoved down our throat reason. since "My Heart Will Go On," which was only six months prior. Wow, but, I avoided that, man. Ron, how about a pee break? Oh Christ! Not on the board. All right, hang on, <laughs> hang on, wait for it. Really? Oh no! Wait, where are we? O and then M P. Okay, there it is. Hang on. <laughs> Let the decree go forth. It is time to pee. So I only took a half an edible, and it's still doing the trick. Justin, who would you trust more with your life? Who would you trust more with your life, John McClane or Harry Stamper? Harry, Harry Stamper. Stamper. I mean, That's... one saved one saved the world. One just saved a building. Jesus. Exactly. Like for Harry real. Stamper. Also, if you have a movie not that long after Fargo that has two of the main stars in Fargo, and you would have no idea that they're in this movie together, 
That's called good acting. Buscemi and the other guy. I don't even know his fucking name that he was in the with Fargo. Also in the Big Lebowski. Amazing. Oh, wow. See, Buscemi having a moment. Buscemi always has moments. Wait, both both of them were in the the Big Lebowski, Fargo, and... Arnold. Wait, the other one was in Big Lebowski? Yeah, he's one of the nihilists, if I recall correctly. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. Wow, we're talking Armageddon right now. Wow. Also, I'll conclude with, how does Ben Affleck fight me? Best uh, Ben Affleck's not hot, so... There you go. That's the counter. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Ben Affleck, mediocre, tall white man. That's oh, it. Man. You say that Ben Affleck is not hot in Armageddon? Or ever. Yeah. Or ever, yeah. Yeah, it's really I'd say he's he's down. mediocre Tell looking at best. Six three. I don't I don't oh, six, six, three, six three. I forgot three that dicks? this what happened? I forgot that this crew doesn't consider height into that. Yeah, no. height supremacy. Tall and good looking are, are uh two separate uh quantities. Okay. All right. I think that was actually a flex. George Mirasan is six feet tall. Who's better? George Mirasan is the sexiest man on earth. Right? Who's yeah. better? Jake <laughs> Gyllenhaal? Who's better looking? Jake Gyllenhaal or Ben Affleck? Jake Gyllenhaal, hands down. There's no question. Big hard pass on both. Wow. Ron no is questions. more of a uh carrot top type of guy. Uh, Think about yeah. Ben Affleck in Brokeback Mountain. It would have been an awful movie. I'm just going to say, if I'm going for Jake Dude, it's going to have to be top show. No, Ben Affleck uh, as uh, is Jake Gyllenhaal's role. Oh. It would have been awful. That's a comparison to say who's better looking? Or, and a better actor. You're telling me Affleck and Damon couldn't have done Brokeback Mountain? It would have been <laughs> no, Affleck and Damon could have, but Damon would have been carrying it. It would have been, a funnier, it would have been a funnier movie. Yeah, he would definitely yes. be the bottom there, yes. All right, Ron, give us the trailer. We're moving on. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, here we go. In a world with no kids, no pets, and no plants, his friends know Troy as a mild-mannered podcaster. But what they don't know may be keeping them alive. In a former life, his name was Frank. He was a teamster working for the mob, moving bootleg goods. He knows how to get anything you need. He's driven a semi from Medellin to Halifax in 24 hours. The record has still never been broken. He parlayed his knowledge of the operations into a new life and turned himself in in exchange for immunity, changing his name and moving to a new rural community. No one knew Troy kept a few containers full of Cuban rum, but every now and then the CIA contacts him for just one more job. Get me Troy! But the one condition of his return to action was this time he's tying up all the loose ends. A poet he is, a former man of great power, a hidden kingpin. He only speaks in haiku when he kills. Got you in my sights. No quarter, no escape. Organize your affairs. In theaters this summer, Prepare to be silenced by... I came here to eliminate targets and mow grass. And I have AstroTurf. The Muter. It's about that so hard. What's it like knowing that everything you do after that is going to be worse than what you did? <laughs> <laughs> I did like, that coming out of a fucking muter. nap, man. Like, how's, who's topping that? Seriously. 
I really do want to know if you do drugs before that only or after drugs. Uh, I don't think I, I try not to smoke before the voiceovers, but I want to say I, I, I basically I straight came out of a nap, came downstairs, got Troy's audio. Uh, it was like uh, two takes, I think. I'm not sure if I smoked in the middle or I waited till after. What the fuck are we talking about? Who cares when he got fucking high? It's important. Right. Speaking it's... of Troy, we're on right. to a Troy review. All right. Friday, July 10th, 1998. Lethal Weapon 4 came out with his fourth installment, so we chose the guy who had seen none of the previous three. Troy, what do you got on this one? Lethal Weapon 4 has everything the fans needed to wrap up a three-part trilogy of buddy comedy with really bad, bad drama in between with babies, explosions, and one memorable line. I'm too old for this shit. The end. (laughs) I could have described the other, other movies, I feel like. Troy, what's your take on the villain? Do you think Jet Li was a good villain? I like Jet Li's acting. I thought the script was a little bit not holding up well. A little trite, maybe, for 10 years down the road. A little stereotypical. But uh, at the time, I'm sure it was good. But the rewatch was not necessarily engaging from a complexity issue, I thought. I really, I really hope for more out of this sleep that been for. Chris Rock, what did you think of him? Four. Come on, four? It's well, four, four of the weapons. Like, nobody four. has like been that delicate with a like a review of like Lethal Weapon Four at four. That was like that was very like Troy's just like oh yeah it was, okay. All right, can we do a brief? Everyone rank their movies from four to one. Which one they think is best to worst of Lethal Weapons? Has everyone seen the Lethal Weapons besides Troy? Dude, in the eighties. Like what's regarded what's regarded as the best? Two? Number one. Number one. Okay, yeah, number one, one I like. Superior soundtrack. Uh it's got Eric Clapton. It did the I think soundtrack. Have Eric Clapton. Uh and then I can't remember the saxophone player, but it was a famous saxophone player, but it was just Eric Clapton and a saxophone player just getting high on cocaine. David and Sandmore. scoring the movie live. It worked really well. Okay, what's regarded as the worst? Lethal Weapon Three? Dude, I don't remember one of them. I seen them on VHS. <laughs> Lethal, Lethal Weapon, Weapon 3, dot, 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 were the worst ones. Lethal Weapon 3 is the one that where Leo gets shot at the hockey game. Nobody remembers Lethal Weapon 3. It's considered the worst. You're right. All right. That's the one. Yeah. Well, all right. My only argument is that Lethal Weapon 4 has Jet Li, a legitimate villain, compared to Gary Busey as... <laughs> A martial arts expert. So you see that crazy I know. I like Lethal Weapon 1. I'm in martial arts. I like Lethal Weapon 1, but he's a martial arts expert. That's what it was? Jesus Christ. I haven't seen it since it was literally fresh released on VHS. So I've got no recall of any of I'm going to vote Lethal Weapon 2 just because it ends with Danny Glover shooting him in the head saying, it's just been revoked. And (laughs) it's just amazing. So, I love a good shit talk line. Okay. Yeah. I'll give you that. All right. We're moving on from Lethal Weapon 4. Amazing job, Troy. Thank you. Released the same week. Uh, by the way, we did not 
review Madeline, which was released released that week. Spoiler alert, that was the movie I saw that week (laughs) in the theater. (laughs) Between parades, yeah. Released that same week was Small Soldiers, which Hash has decided to take on. Hash. I've never heard of this. Hash, the floor is yours. I've never heard of Small Soldiers, huh? I feel like it was a groundbreaking movie in... I was doing so many drugs. Go on. Small soldiers, Ron, when you hear this God. cast, you're going to hallucinate how hard you <laughs> want to watch it, okay? I was say, you know how much acid I did that summer? It was. It's definitely in the double digits. It's, uh, yeah. I accept that, but I'm saying, you know, this cast, you have David Cross, Dennis oh. Leary, you oh, have wow. Phil Hartman. This movie is released 13 years oh. after Phil Hartman died. And, and 13 up. days, not years. What are you saying? That'd be aggressive. That was okay. Yeah. Thank you. It was 13 you. days after uh, Phil Hartman died. Uh, oh. Joe Dante is the director. He directed The Burbs. He oh, directed okay. Gremlins. Oh. And he directed this movie, also with a ton, a ton of sci-fi uh, movies as well. There is a gremlin product placement. If you look closely, when they look in the dumpster, you see a little gremlin there. That's fun fact. This movie is essentially the uh, adult toy story. Um, okay. It is really good. It's got also it's got Kirsten Dunst. You got Sarah Michelle Gellar and Christina Ricci oh, wow. doing voice acting. Like so a lot of nice. it's got a fucking packed cast. Phil Hartman sits down on his tea. Oh, go ahead, Troy. Well, alert! He was murdered. Oh. Yo, yo. Oh. R.I.P. R.I.P. to a great Phil Hartman. Yeah, you might have sold me with the Phil Hartman, honestly. I am uh I'm gonna check this out. Phil Hartman is sitting on the couch and he just got his new satellite dish hooked up and he's sitting there and he's watching TV with his wife. And he I think he eats some popcorn and he says, I think World War II is my favorite war. <laughs> That's the line. I laughed so fucking hard. I was just like, God damn it. This is good. David Cross is great. Dennis Leary's great. Everyone's great in this movie. Kirsten Dunst drives a white 1986 Honda Elite, which I have tattooed right here on my arm. (laughs) Did not know that. And then I watched the movie and I was like, oh shit. Why? the fuck up. Of course. I love a movie that has a... um, an ad at the beginning of the movie to set the stage. If I recall correctly, RoboCop did the same thing where Hmm. it just starts out with direct TV exposition and it sets this world up. Uh, uh, They do this at the start of the movie. A lot of anti-corporate messaging. Um, The kid convinces a truck driver to front him a set of toys. It's just like there's mail theft, there's felonious activity. There's a lot of plot holes, but it advances it. It, I don't know. Mm. I'd say a lot of people can hate on it. I'm giving it straight up 9 out of 10. So this is not animation? Nope. Nope. Also, Tommy Lee Jones. Isn't it? Nope. Tommy Lee Jones is the uh, main voice actor playing Major Chip Hazard. Like, the the cast is stacked. What is it then? It's not animation. Yeah, I was going to say, you keep saying voice actor. Like, what's happening there? So it is a live-action movie, but there are toys that... I don't gotcha. want to. They get planted with a military chip, and so they are actually intelligent. It's like a form of artificial intelligence. Okay. And so you have toys that are essentially, if I, it's like it's CGI slash stop go animation a little bit. Okay. But yeah, that's why you have voice acting in it. So uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you know where I can find this for viewing? 
Uh, I can send you a link. That's where I watched yeah, it. Yeah, do that. It, it, oh, it's, well, it's a well, good well, one. You might get a virus. No, you fucking you sold me. Virus. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Tremendous. We are, we are reviewing 1998 movies. Like uh, the idea of a virus is legit. No, the no, idea that you have know. to pay for some of these shithole movies is ridiculous. I won't. All right, we're moving on. Moving on. We're moving on to a Wednesday release. You know what that means? It's going to be a big movie. Am Wednesday? We've had a Tuesday and a Wednesday. What the fuck we was happening? We have a Wednesday, Monday? July 15th release. Hmm. It's a little movie called Something About Mary. Here, let me oh. let me do my I'm going to do my best. Wow. I'm trying to do my best. Get my hair to stick. No, I can't do it. All right. Justin is taking on There's Something About Mary. There's not enough meat on the stick. Um, if you like a movie with homophobic jokes, the best cock and balls and fake breast reveal in a movie history, Franks and, Franks and Beans, five guys stalking and lying and treating women like an object instead of a person, then this is the movie for you. You see my wiener? <laughs> also, this doesn't sound like a raving review so far. Well, that that is quite the review. Also, it's Brett Favre really... Also, Brett Favre well, really did fair. say those things about Warren because he's portraying himself in this movie and we know he's a piece of shit. Yeah. But I'm sure he pays a lot of taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Brett Favre ahead of his time. And a bad actor. Awful. I'm in town to play the dolphin, you dumbass. There it is. You beat me to it. Well done. Is that all you got? He's playing himself yeah. and he's not fucking it, it, But again, convincing. all those things, all those flaws were a moment of time when you first saw that movie. The The... Jizz in the hair. Oh yeah, Ben Stiller's is that hair, hair when he's the when he's a teenager or whatever in that first oh, yeah. scene. Ben Stiller's hair is just so fucking funny. So I'll give you guys a Keith stat. David's about the dad. <laughs> is it Frank? <laughs> Are you yelling at me in my own house? I'll give you guys a stat about this movie. Released Wednesday, July fifteenth, was number one at the box office for one week. September 4th. Wow. Two, almost two months later. Dude, that's when I went. It was yeah, still that's probably popular. When I went, so yeah. It wow. kind of was like long-lasting popular over yeah. like Saving Private Ryan and a couple other movies that came out. And just before school started, which, you know, I've been trying to hammer down with you guys. Like <laughs> movies leading up to school year, and then it's like yeah, not it's popular funny. anymore. So uh, I don't think it holds up. All that well, some of the comedy, but it's still pretty entertaining. Yeah, it definitely doesn't hold up, but it's yeah, solid. I'd give it an eight. Yeah, I literally took a date to that movie in like September. Was... Wait, was it the date that rejected you before, and then she saw you there, and she said, "I like your fishing hat, and let's go to this movie." No, total different chick. Uh, Is that the one you married later? <laughs> no, no. Wow, Ron's a player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, How three do you chicks know? in 25 years, man. That's what an <laughs> average. I mean, we have three different chicks in the picture in just one summer. Well, 98. Oh, my God. Three? Three was Ron was high on 98. acid. I mean, the women just kept... 98. Kept I low. fucking crushed it, man. Wow. Yeah. That's a different pod, guys. I don't have the time for movies, crushed, bro. <laughs> the year that we crushed it the most. That's a different pod. Oh, shit. Yeah. It was insane. All right, we're moving on to just two days later, Friday, July 17th, 1998. The Mask of Zorro. Coley was supposed to cover this. She is not here. Hopefully still with us. 
And I will do the honors. The only thing I have to say about this movie, other than that I enjoyed it, is that minus Catherine Zeta-Jones and Antonio Banderas, you have a lot of white people playing parts <laughs> in a movie that is not for white people. You have Blah, Anthony Maddie. Hopkins, who I think is strictly white. Strictly. Playing Don strictly De La Vega. America. You have another white guy playing Don Raphael, and you have another red-headed white guy playing a main villain. I don't know what's going on here with the new California and back in the day, but it was very white. Indisputable white man. Yes. Other than that, it's a fun movie. It's good, good action. You know, I was looking this up because I think Aunt Anthony Hopkins has always been really white. Mm-hmm. I think if you check his wiki. Out. By the way, he also played a black guy in a movie. Have you ever seen the Shut Human the Stain? Now what? Say it again. Now the what movie? The Human Stain. <laughs> That's top five great name, right? I kid you not. He plays. He. Someone put that in the band fake band name Discord. Like, that's good. It might just or be Scott Human Stain, or it might be the Human. Oh, the Human Stain. Uh, that's a. Oh, that's a book. Nicole Kidman. Hmm. Right. The Human Stain film. Black. He's black in this. <laughs> yeah. Th- thank you. Hello. Good news, good news, folks. It's on Hoopla. If you want to watch it, it's on Hoopla. Oh, watch along. What's a Hoopla? No All right. Shame. So Anthony Hopkins. Wait, he's great. Super he, white. Yeah. He's, he's a not, great actor. Agreed. He's, he's also not, played. He's not black in this. He gets. <laughs> no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. No, he young, is. <laughs> young Anthony Hopkins might be a black actor, though. Oh, but <laughs> in the same movie. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, H. No, he I'm so is. Cons- I'm so confused right now. Ash. What happened? Hold on. Can we all come to a centerpiece here? Here's the premise of the movie. The yeah, premise of the movie is up. Anthony Hopkins is a college professor that calls students spooks that don't show up to class. And oh. he gets in trouble for being racist, except for it turns out he's half black. It's... <laughs> Really, a bad what? Wow. Okay, they, were, it, they saw what was coming down the road. This futuristic. I, I did not think this would lead to human stain talk. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> you didn't. That's a failure. Wait, wait, wait. Part. Yeah. So flashbacks of Coleman's life reveal to the audience his secret. Colin, he is an African American who has quote passed as a white Jewish man for his <laughs> whole adult life. This movie came out oh in God. 2003. Love oh it. Oh, my God. One of the greatest years really of all time. <laughs> wow. What? Shit biscuits. Like 2003? <laughs> okay, guys, I'm sorry. I'm all sorry right. that I brought this up. You should be. Yes. All right. We're moving on. Moving on. To one of my favorite. To one of my favorite moments of the pod, which is a Troy review. Oh, shit. Spoiler alert. In a world. All right. Hold on. Before we get to it, Friday, July 24th, 1998, Saving Private Ryan comes out. July 24th, 1998. 
I even looked it up to see if this was a significant date in the military or in the war. It was not. So why this movie was released in July and not December like most award-winning movies, we'll never know. But Troy, you were assigned this movie, and I couldn't be happier. The floor is yours. This will be a middling, mid-length review, yikes. So go ahead and start your timer now. Oh, you want the timer? Oh, god damn it. I fucked the, it up. Uh, I mean, did you hear me back in my day? Go ahead. This is a war movie that's incredibly graphic and, by all accounts, true to the events of D-Day. As a backdrop, that's really the main thrust of the cinematography and amazingness of the movie. Ostensibly, the story is some family loses a bunch of brothers. There's one brother left, and the military decides to send eight dudes to go save this one dude so that they can send him home to his mom because evidently losing a whole family is bad in the military in World War II even though it's happening left and right as if they cared yeah anyway long story shorter they trudge and trudge and fight and blah 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 and war and you know do their thing that's time spoiler alert Private Ryan lives bro you have a minute and a half left the one scene I do want to talk about is a scene where two soldiers fight intimately and one soldier loses and dies. Yes. And it's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen on cinema. Agreed. Wherein he, it's like the old classic thing you see in the, in the hero movies, the hero overpowers the villain and he wins with, you know, with the finger coming at him or the whatever else. Well, this time it's a giant knife. Mm-hmm. Except this time the main, the character we know about, ends up being stabbed with his own knife by by his adversary in super slow motion mm-hmm. while his co co combatant is frozen in horror down the stairs. It's one okay. of the weirdest scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Nice. Very poignant. All Always these years later, me. even without a rewatch, I saw it. It, it was amazing. Always bothered me. Four, Agreed. Agreed. Three, two, one. Perfect. I think that's a really good synopsis of Saving Private Ryan, actually. Fair, yeah. Uh, I remember seeing this in the theater because, you know, uh, this is my podcast where I talk about what I saw in the theater. Um, <laughs> I'm not a war movie guy, so I don't – they're just not my thing. I thought it was fine. I thought it was well done. I thought it was et cetera, et cetera. Tom Sizemore liked him, you know, whatever, right? I, I just – it just didn't do it for me, you know? Like, hmm. maybe it was released at the wrong time. I, I don't know. I, you know, the the big thing is that Saving Private Ryan, Private Ryan lost to Shakespeare in Love that year. For oh, best, Jesus. That's a picture. Fuck it. And everybody's all pissed about it. But Fuck. was Saving Private Ryan really the best picture that year? I just, I just don't know. That first 20 it. minutes makes that whole movie. The rest of it is just a, tra- a typical 1968 World War II movie that happens to be in color, not black and white. That's fair. But it did launch the HBO Band of Brothers series, which re reignited the glory and chasing down of the quote-unquote greatest generation people and told their stories in ways that hadn't been told when they first came back from the war because there was another war right after it, plus one after that, plus some more after that. Man, so it needed some relative more. peace and quiet to have a war movie and find these old folks who rightly deserve some credit for their heroic activities before they all died off. And they Got almost him. all died off yeah. now in 2023. Got America all right? nostalgic it, it, to go back to war in the next Spoiler alert, 18. they're dying. Yeah. It did launch that. 
Does anyone have anything else on Saving Private Ryan before we move on? That was honestly solid. All right. Ron, I need to pee. Honestly solid? What the hell, bud? (laughs) I need a pee break, Ron. What fucking shit? I just took it back off the board. What kind of fucking bladder you got? All right, hang on. Hang uh, on. It might be right. it might be related to my back, which is fucked up also. That sounds like prostate. Hang on. No. Let the decree go forth. It is time to pee. You're listening to the Outsiders Social Club on the Half-Ass Podcast Network. Now you know that.